Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Two Princesses in a Muggle World. My name is Jenny, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host. Hi, everyone. It's Amber. And we are here to talk about Disney and Harry Potter and all things magical. However, this week, we are leaning a bit more towards the Harry Potter side of the magic spectrum. Yep, and here's our weekly Insta plug. Follow us at two princesses underscore in underscore uh underscore world. Sorry. I had like a blank in there for a second. Um and that two is the number two, not the word spelled out. And we have been playing games, asking questions, posting quotes, as well as keeping you updated on some of the stuff we're going to be talking about in our podcast so that you can give us some insight of what you think we should also talk about about that topic. Yes, it's a good time. So please head over to Instagram and give us a follow and a like and a share. And all that fun stuff, because we would love to hear from you. Yep. Okay. Lots of fun. So before we jump into this week's topic, I do have to say that I got something wrong on our Once Upon a Time episode. It was actually my dad who pointed it out. Um, I believe that I said that Walt Disney died in... 1966 and he actually died in 1965 however i was correct in it being the same time when isaac became the author in once upon a time also going even further back mirada really does belong in gryffindor because she's got red hair and all the weasleys have red hair so she's probably like a weasley cousin or something anyways gryffindor all the way sorry but i had to put that in there (laughs) Okay, so what are we going to be talking about this week on our podcast? Okay, guys, I'm sure you've all been waiting for this, like you're on the edge of your seats, right? We're going to talk about those people who are underappreciated in the movies. And by movies, I mean Harry Potter movies, because like I said, we're talking about Harry Potter today. So like those people that you read the books and you just, you fall in love with them so much. And then you watch the movie and like you watch it with your friends who are muggles. You know what I'm talking about? Like the ones who haven't read the books. Yeah. And they watch the movies and they're like, why do you care so much about Dobby and that he died? And it's like, there are no words. Like, why am I even watching this movie with you? Or like those people who are like, yeah, that Jenny chick's okay. But, you know, she's just there for a love interest. No! Okay, no! Ginny... I have emotions, guys, and they're probably going to come out. So, anyways, that's what we're talking about. We're calling it the underdogs because that's what they were made out to be in the movies. Yep. And so we're going to go through this list of characters that we've come up with and and talk about some of the underdogs we came up with. And if you have anybody that you also think is an underdog that you'd like to hear us, hear our opinions on it, again, Instagram, follow us, and you'll be able to give us your insight and opinions on it. But 
first set of characters are Fred and George Weasley, the twins. And well, they are amazing and lovable in the movies, I do feel like they don't get nearly as much credit as they do in the books. Because, in my opinion, in the books, they're even better than they are in the movies. And, uh, like, they crack jokes that you don't hear in the movies. Like, one of them is is after Percy finds out... No, after Ron finds out that he is a prefect, then and Molly and Arthur doting over the fact that Ron is a prefect and going, all of our sons have been prefects. And Fred's like, what are George and I, next door neighbors? Because, yeah, they were like, we weren't prefects. <laughs> so not all of your boys have been prefects. And... Like, you know, it's, they just pull such funny pranks and and that and kind of jumping ahead to one of the other characters that we will go a little more into depth with is Peeves the Poltergeist. That when they left Peeves the Poltergeist out of the Harry Potter movies, that's when they really kind of almost messed up Fred and George's roles in the movies if you ask me because they go hand in hand they pull pranks together all the time and at the end of the fifth movie when they're all taking off and uh, on their broomsticks they basically they tell peeves to give dolores like crap and pull all these pranks on her and that and make her life miserable since they won't be around to do it anymore and, and so, you know, they're just, those, by taking out Peeves from the movies, I feel like that's really where they, they messed up with Fred and George. and Because uh, those three just make such great characters together. I just finished listening to Harry Potter 1. So Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. and Me too! <laughs> There you go. But at the beginning of the book, like when Harry first meets the Weasleys, he's like, he's sitting on the train and he's like, I hope they don't notice me because this is awkward. They're talking about me. And Ginny's like all sad that her brothers are leaving and she can't go to Hogwarts with them. And um, well, first Molly had like told the twins, you got to be good because I don't want to get any more notes home. But you guys blowing up a toilet or something. And they're like, wait, we've never blown up a toilet. So, like, when Ginny's all sad about that, um, one of the twins is like, we'll send you home a toilet seat. And then, like, at the very end, when Harry's, like, defeated Quirrell, um, Dumbledore's like, I think that the twins wanted to send you a toilet seat. But Madame Pomfrey said that that was not very, you know, healthy and hygienic. So she said no. But it's just like, I mean, who are these guys? And they're like, they're not just a comedic relief either. Like they were in Dumbledore's army with Harry and everybody. And then like they came to the battle at Hogwarts after they had graduated Hogwarts, by the way, they come back to like fight off. And then the fact that like they're forever going to not be able to like live together because one died. It just, it's so sad. And like, Man, I respect these two so much. 
Well, and I saw this isn't actually in any of the books or anything like that. This is just some sort of fan fiction thing that I saw. And that, you know, Fred dies, but George loses his ear. And there's times where George swears he hears Fred still talking to him in the ear that he's missing. And it's just like, oh, all the feels. <laughs> I, I would believe that. Totally. Okay. So Next now character. that we've got our emotions about Fred and George out, which I could probably go on forever about anybody on this list, actually. But we're going to talk about Neville. Neville freaking Longbottom. Like, first of all, he could have been the chosen one. I just watched her TikTok. I think it was today. It could have been yesterday. It doesn't really matter. I watched one, and it was a girl explaining how he could be the chosen one. And I'm like, I already know all this, but thank you for reminding me. Because the prophecy that professor Professor Chorlarney um, gave that made Voldemort go after Harry, it could have been talking about two boys because it talks about how his parents has defied Voldemort three times. And then it talks about how he's going to be born at the end of July. Well, Neville's parents, which you don't see in the movies, by the way, but they are like insane because Bellatrix has used the Cruciatus curse on them. So they're mentally not sound and they're in um, St. Mungo's. And, um, but they used to be a part of the Order of the Phoenix. So probably as many times as James and Lily defied Voldemort, so did Frank and Alice Longbottom. Also, Neville and Harry are literally one day apart birthday-wise. Like, Neville was born on the... 30th and Harry was born on the 31st so Neville could have been the chosen one and yes I know that for like the first parts of the books he's just made out to be like this big huge buffoon and I mean I swear his catchphrase should be why does it always happen to me because I feel like that should be my catchphrase as well (laughs) but then like he joins Dumbledore's army because he wants to stand up to people like Bellatrix who cursed his family pretty much and um, his whole family not just his parents because yes I get that those are his parent family anyways um, but he wants to be able to stand up to them and he tries really hard he works and he works and they show that really well in the movies but what they don't show very well in the movies. Let me get on my soapbox because I'm thinking I'm already on it. They don't show that Neville, he like became the leader of Dumbledore's army in the seventh book. Like Harry, Ron, and Hermione were off on some big, huge camping trip. Someday (laughs) we'll get into that a bit more. Anyways, they're like on this big, huge camping trip. Who knows what's happening? Meanwhile, students at Hogwarts are being cursed every day. They they have the Cruciatus curse put on them. They have the Imperius curse put on them. Um, They're probably being whipped. I don't know. We don't know all that's happened there. And Neville literally goes out of his way to help these other students Meanwhile, putting an even bigger target 
on his back. Like the first time they see him, he is covered in bruises up and down. He can barely talk because he is standing up for what he knows is right. And that just astounds me. Okay. I just love Neville so much. Also just having finished the first book, I'll get off my soapbox here in a minute. When he stands up, to his friends, do you know how hard it is to stand up to your friends? Like, have you ever done that where your friends are doing something wrong? And you're like, no. He was freaking 11 years old. And he's like, I don't want you guys to get Gryffindor into trouble again. So go back to sleep. I don't care that you're about to say it for the world. Go back to sleep. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, Neville. Neville is an underdog in every sense of the word. Like, period. He's a fantastic underdog character because he's one that in the first book he is made out to be kind of an idiot and then by the seventh he's ends up becoming this like major hero and so he is a definition (laughs) of an underdog but he definitely does get the short end of the stick in the movies and um now jenny weasley don't even get me started. She is phenomenal. She is more than just the love interest of Harry Potter. And uh, she, her first year, she took on Voldemort. And uh, if you think about it, she took on Voldemort. Yes, he controlled her for a good chunk of the time. But at one point in time, trying to get rid of him and trying to overcome his like control over her she freaking threw the journal in the toilet (laughs) and that and tried to get rid of it because she didn't want to be controlled by him and that and because of it she's also very cautious and very smart about it and like is like Harry's like taking these orders from this book in the seventh, in the not seventh, in the sixth movie, and that he's like taking, he's like following directions from this book, and she's like, um, yeah, no, that's not cool, dude. Remember my first year? Yeah, no, let's not do that. Let's not follow this book. And so she like helps him hide it and she is such a little fighter and that she took on Bellatrix and that yes her mother ended up taking over and killing Bellatrix but she still fought one on one with Bellatrix on more than one occasion and you know that's saying something for a young witch like because Bellatrix was really powerful. And so she just does not get enough credit for all that she does. Not to mention the fact that she also wasn't supposed to be at the War of Hogwarts. Like, she was too young. They specifically said only if you're of age you can stay And she, like, snuck back in, and she's just phenomenal at spells. Like, the fact that she lived through the War of Hogwarts, 
Yeah. I mean, I also personally love the fact that she's amazing at Quidditch. And how does she become amazing at Quidditch? She would sneak in to the broom cupboard at their house when her brothers weren't looking and practice. And practice. And I mean, I can't even imagine doing that. Like, I mean, I'm not really big into sports anyways, but (laughs) just like feel like that passionate about something to the point that like your brothers who will probably tease you mercilessly about it. You're like doing it behind their backs. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I feel like even though neither one of us are much into sports, I feel like Quidditch, I don't know that we would play it, but I feel like we would be one of the first people out on the field, into the stands, like ready to go. Yes, I agree. I don't even care who's playing. I will root for Bulgaria. I will root for Romania. I will root for America because... I mean, we all know that America's going to have, like, a freaking awesome Quidditch team. I feel like they need to put that in the Fantastic Beast movies, guys. America's Quidditch team, okay? That's what I need. For sure. I don't care what they call their muggles and <laughs> what they... I'm American. I don't care what we call our muggles. <laughs> what I care about is Quidditch, okay, guys? Quidditch. We, we may be American, but I feel like... When it comes to Harry Potter, we are from England. Yes, I agree. <laughs> totally. Okay. Okay, let's talk about another queen. Luna <sighs> Lovegood. My spirit animal. I mean, most of these names, I just want to be like, okay, guys, here's the list. And just, like, pause after them and be like, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, do I even need? Do I even need? But yes, I do, because there's going to be people listening to this who have never read the Harry Potter books and probably have only seen the movies. So, Luna, like... Which, we're not judging you if you haven't. We'll, I mean, even if you haven't done either one of them, we're, we're here to... We love you anyways. We love you anyways. But you need to read the books. Yes. Always. Forever. (laughs) Um, Luna is freaking amazing. Like, from day one, she's like, I mean, yeah, she's kind of an airhead. But she's not afraid to be herself. You know, like. Her dad says that this thing is true and she believes it 100%. And so she goes with it. She goes for it. You know, she's just like, yeah. And she like tells everyone, like, you got to know that people have been teasing her her whole entire Hogwarts career. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of teenagers out there, heck, a lot of like young adults like me um, and Amber would probably be like, you know, people are teasing me. I should probably stop talking crazy like this. <laughs> you know? Well, not even, like, talking crazy, but I should probably, like, because she believes in it. So it's, like, I should probably, like, be careful who I tell about the rack spurts and stuff. Because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. But she doesn't. She's, like, 
I'm proud of who I am and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I mean, she goes to Bill and Fleur's wedding and her and her dad are just dancing all crazily and stuff like that. And people are looking at her weird and she's like, whatever. And like, they're both wearing yellow and she realizes that it's weird, but she's like, I like wearing yellow is bright and colorful. And then, like, I feel like nobody really talks about the fact that she was held hostage by Lord Voldemort. Like, yes, we see that in the movie and everything, but nobody really talks about it. She was taken hostage because her dad kept supporting Harry Potter in his magazine. So she was taken hostage, probably tortured. But nobody talks about it because nobody cares. But guess what? I care. Amber cares. Hopefully other people care because Luna... Freaking amazing. Moving on. She, well, and another thing, though, like, she grew up without a mom. And that, she that's saw her not mom something die. that's, yeah, she saw her mom die. Like, that's not something that a lot of people, like, that is talked about a lot in the movies. And, like, a lot of people even register about her. She saw her mom die. Because her mom was experimenting with spells and accidentally killed herself. And that, like, and she saw it all. That's why she can see the festivals. Yet she is one of the strongest women you would ever meet. And I am still hardcore upset that her and Neville didn't end up together. Just saying. I always pictured them together. Yeah, especially like, okay, guys, the movies did do some things right, and I'm sure we're going to have an episode about that because some things about the movies I I feel for, guys. But like at the end of Harry Potter 8, 7, part 2, but we all know that's number 8 in the ser- movies, series of movies, Neville's like, yeah, have you seen Luna? I should probably go tell her that I like her before... We die. Like that's how it should have been. Probably be dead by the movie. By the end of the movie. Nope. Nope. They're alive. They live. Oh, also going back to Neville. I know that this is in the movie and it's talked about all the time. But he killed Nagini. Okay. That was like freaking awesome. Moving on. It was. Okay. Now they kind of have this character in the movie, but you don't actually ever know his name. And also, I'm kind of leaning towards it was a sh- movie, but I could be wrong. I have never really quite decided on that. But Lee Jordan. And that friend, another character that I feel like they like did wrong with Fred and George was because they didn't really have this character either. And that was Lee Jordan, their best friend. And uh, he was right alongside them with helping create all the different things that they, like all the different um, random pranks and like, what was their, the food called? What did they call the food? Oh, um, Weasley Wizard Wheezes. Yeah, that. 
he was right alongside them with that. And, you know, he did commentary for the games, which, like I said, we see in the first movie, we do see a commentator during the game. But we don't see Lee Jordan because he's freaking hilarious. Like, if that's supposed to be Lee Jordan, the commentator didn't do Lee Jordan justice. Because, like Jenny pointed out, and I chimed in, we've both just recently listened to the first Harry Potter book. And in the book, you know, Lee Jordan is like, during the Gryffindor Slytherin game, keeps like saying negative things about Slytherin and then going, sorry, Professor McGonagall, I, 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 I mean this, and, like trying to come up with something different that still is in a way negative towards the Slytherins without being straight out negative and derogatory like he originally was. And it's hilarious. His commentary is hilarious. And I just feel like we missed out on that a lot during the movies because they didn't have Lee Jordan in the movies. One of my favorite moments from one of his commentaries i can't remember what book it was in but he's talking about angelina johnson and he's like they're amazing chaser angelina johnson and like probably says how she's like beautiful or whatever and he's like i've been saying that for years but she still won't go out with me i'm like exactly yeah and like i said he was fred and george's best friend and so you know fred and george were done dirty in the movies again because Lee Jordan wasn't in the movie to help make everything even more funnier. I do also have to add with Lee Jordan and also the twins in the seventh book in the seventh movie and eighth movie we like we see a lot and I really like that they separated those two movies so that you see a lot. One of the things that they did kind of leave out and I'm really salty about this is Potter watch so like when Ron goes away and he comes back when he comes back he introduces Harry and Hermione to this wizard radio station and it's called Potter watch and Lee Jordan is the DJ I don't think they really have music but I'm putting air quotes around DJ, guys. Anyways, um, <laughs> and it's dangerous what he's doing. He is reporting the news for reals, not like what Voldemort wants everybody want to hear. But he's like, the like all these people died, and like all these muggles died. Yes, he finds out all the muggles' names that died, and then like they're just there supporting Harry, even though. They're probably pretty sure that Harry's not listening because Harry's out doing whatever Harry's doing. Once again, on the very long camping trip. Um, But, like, you know how dangerous that was? Like, the fact that if he had gotten um, caught, he probably could have been killed for the things he was saying about Baltimore and the Death Eaters. And not only that, but Fred and George were regulars on that show. So there's also that. And it's yeah. just any part of the resistance, guys. It's it's 
got me. Yeah, I do feel like leaving that out of the movie was a very sad thing. Yeah, it gave Harry and the others hope where they were probably losing some. Yeah. Okay, so it sounds like Amber has a bit more thoughts on our next character than I do, but I'm going to try my best. Peeves, (laughs) the poltergeist. When we're first introduced to Peeves in the books, it's when all the first years are like standing there waiting to be sorted, and all the ghosts come in, totally not seeing the first years, and they're like, what are we going to do about Peeves? Like, he's just a nuisance. Like, what are we going to do about him? And um, they mentioned how he's not even a ghost and things like that. And um, there was this TikTok video I saw a while back that talks about how Peeves is what killed Voldemort. I'm trying to remember, though. It was because, like, so when Fred and George found the Marauders map, um, yeah, that's what it was. So Fred and George found the Marauders map, and how they found it is that they were in um, with Filch and his office because they were in trouble because they're pranksters, they're troublemakers. And Peeves like dropped something or something, and so like Filch ran off. And so like when he did, maybe the twins got him to. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Either way, Peeves did something. Filch runs off. Twins find the map. They get the map eventually to Harry who, right before he goes off with Dumbledore to the cave that pretty much ends up killing Dumbledore, by the way, um, he gives that map to his friends so that they can keep an eye on like all the suspicious stuff going on in Hogwarts. And also, that map helps them get like find the um, room of requirements, which is where all the people come in to help with the fight. And Peeps killed Voldemort, guys. Like, I know you all thought it was Harry Potter, but it, it, it wasn't. <laughs> um, but that aside, Peeps is hilarious. Like, um, he has these songs. Like, once Voldemort dies, he has this song um, where it's like, Shoot, I can't remember. But it's like, Voldy's gone moldy, and now we'll have fun, or something like that. That's the end. Um, and then, like, in the second book, when everybody thinks Harry's the heir of Slytherin, um, I do remember this one. It goes, oh, Pata, you rotta, oh, what have you done? You're killing off students, and you think it's good fun. And, um, like, need I say more? He's just, I'm big on comedic relief, guys. Maybe that tells a lot about me, but I am. And so that's why I like Peeves. Also, I'm just going to say it again. Peeves killed Baltimore. So, yes, I so I do have a. Soft spot, I guess, is what you would call it. I'm not really sure, but. I love Peeves. And that he is hilarious. And that but to 
go off of what Jenny was talking about. So the song that he comes up with is We Did It, We Bashed Him, We Potter's The One, and Valdi's Gone Moldy, Now Let's Have Some Fun. Um, and I just, I don't know, he is, he like, pulls all these different pranks, and he's just hilarious, and I really feel like leaving him out of the movies was probably the biggest mistake that the movies made. I think the next character is a little bit more high on my list, but we'll get there. (laughs) Well, I agree. This next character at least made it into the movies, though. I feel like, you know, he at least got some movie time where Peeves got nothing. Like, if you haven't read the book, you don't even know who Peeves is most of the time. Unless you're friends with crazy person like about Peeves and how he was done dirty. He is in video games though, guys. Peeves is in some of the video games. So, our next character is Dobby. Dobby. (sighs) Dobby is like amazing and he he is he does a lot that we don't see and that like but in I'm trying to remember which movie it was guys while she's thinking Dobby is a free elf okay moving on Yes. Um, in the fourth yes, in the fourth movie, one thing that you don't see at all is first of all, I love the fact that they did give Neville a little more limelight in that movie by allowing Neville to be the one that gave Harry the gillyweed and all that. But technically, in the books, it's Dobby. And uh, so, like, I have mixed feelings on that. Like, I'm like, okay, I like Neville, and I do feel like he's an underdog, and he deserves a little bit more credit than he's given. So, yeah, I guess it's okay you gave it to him. But at the same time, I'm like, but Dobby also deserves a lot more credit and a lot more screen time than what he gets. So... Part of me is mad that they gave it to Neville and not. But also in that like same movie, one thing that is completely left out of the movie is Hermione goes on this weird um, animal rights type thing. S-P-E-W! Yes. And she like is like we have to free all the house elves we have to free all the house elves and she knows that the way to free them is to give them an item of clothing and so she knits socks and hats and sweaters and leaves them around the Gryffindor common room so that the elves can find them and be free Well, it turns out that most house elves actually don't want to be free, especially the ones that work for Hogwarts. They love their job there. They have it easy compared to what Dobby had it. 
and not when he was working for the Malfoys. And so it got to the point where Dobby was actually the only house elf that would clean the Gryffindor common room because he actually started working at um, Hogwarts because he was going around and he was trying to find somebody to work for because he still wanted to work, but he did not want to be a slave at that. And so he like actually wanted to receive wages and time off and all this stuff that house elves normally don't get. And, uh, and nobody would hire him because nobody wants to pay a house elf. And, uh, and so he was having a hard time finding a job. And Dumbledore was like, yeah, come work for Hogwarts. And, uh, and so he was actually paid to work at Hogwarts and stuff, unlike the rest of the house elves. And that, but all the other, they didn't want to be set free. They liked working at Hogwarts. They didn't want to be like Dobby and have to like go around trying to find a new job that was virtually impossible for them to find. So, you know, at one point in time, Dobby comes in, like they end up, he comes in to clean the Gryffindor common room and Hermione and Harry and Ron happen to be sitting down there still and he's got uh, Hermione's hats piled like there's no other on top of his head and like several of the socks on mismatched socks on his feet and that and she's like wait but the other house elves and they're like he's like they don't want to be free like me <laughs> so I clean the Gryffindor common room because you keep hiding stuff and they don't want to find it and it's just hilarious and you miss out on that little bit of like hilarity and you get in the books I feel like you get more attached to Dobby like I feel like you still get if you don't get attached to Dobby watching the movies then there's something wrong with you but like you really really get attached to him in the books and I remember very vividly where I was, what I was doing, and how I reacted when I first read the seventh Harry Potter. And uh, I was at my aunt and uncle's wedding. We were going from where they had their wedding at to where their reception was going to be. And we're in the car driving and I let out an audible no and started speed <laughs> because I had just read that Dobby had died and my mom was like what's going on and that because she thought like something really bad had happened and I was like Dobby is dead <laughs> yeah my mom was a little annoyed with me after that I don't think you guys are ready for this. I remember when I went and saw Harry Potter 7, part 1. I believe it was part 1, yeah. Like, at the very end, Dobby dies. I saw it for um, Amber and my triplets' birthday party. And we had some muggles 
with us, who started laughing when Dobby died. Now, I get it. It's really melodramatic in the book. I mean, in the movie. Very melodramatic. Especially how they did it. However, Dobby just died, guys. Okay? I was trying not to cry. I mean, yes, I had read the books. I knew it was going to happen. I but died. Dob- but Dobby died. I got so mad at my friend who was laughing at that. Like, it was surprising that we stayed friends after that. Which we're no longer yeah. friends. But um, it was surprising um, that we stayed friends at all. But Dobby saved Harry, Ron, Hermione, Luna, and Mr. Ollivander. And he died from it. And I'm getting a little emotional right now, guys. Um, Because he was so selfless. Like, he shows up. I'm starting to listen to the second Harry Potter book, by the way, again. Um, Me too. <laughs> so he shows up at Harry's aunt and uncle's place, knowing full well he's going to get punished or he's going to punish himself. But he does it to save Harry. Like, everything of, every single thing he does is not for himself. Like, even when he does go to work for Hogwarts, he takes one of his friends who had just lost her job, another house elf, Winky. Very sad she's not in the movies at all. Um, but he takes her with him to find a job because he, she had just been let go. And then, like, yeah, Dobby wanted money, but Dumbledore, like, offered him more money than what he wanted. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want that much money. I just want to be paid, but I don't need that much. Jeez, what do you think I am, a billionaire? Um, <laughs> and, like, just everything, like, giving Harry the gillyweed, like, totally selfless, you know? And then, like, um sacrificing himself well he didn't know he was going to die but saving them and and ending up sacrificing himself like he was a free elf but I feel like Harry Potter was really his master at some point yeah and I just I have feelings for that little house elf okay so moving on to the next characters the Creevy Brothers. Like, raise your hand if you know who the Creevy Brothers are. Not a lot of people. <laughs> Not that I can see any of you guys. But, so, in my in the midst of me re-listening to the books again, um, when Harry and Ron touch down at Hogwarts in the second book, they look in and they see part of the sorting. It's like the beginning of the sorting. And they talk about how, like, they see this boy who's, like, really anxious, like, sitting on the stool. It's Colin Creevy, guys. You meet him a little bit more in the second book, movie. Book and movie. <laughs> um, he's the guy with the camera. He's like Harry's number one fan, besides Ginny at that point. Um, but I bet you didn't know that he has a brother. First of all, they're both muggle-born, but they both have magic. That's really cool. Um, also, they're both in Gryffindor. So they're pretty brave. So that's also really cool. Now here's the real kicker. They both 
die in the seventh book. They, like Ginny, were too young, shouldn't have stayed behind, stayed behind anyways, and died. And we never know this if you just re- watch the movies. But they they need to be sung. like They are heroes that need to be sung, guys, because they were as brave as it comes. And I really do think that the sorting hat put them in the right in the right house most definitely and it's been a while read or listened to the books and that and so when we were coming up with this list it wasn't until jenny reminded me that there's two of them that there's another that it's more than just colin (laughs) Because, you know, I remember Colin. Everybody technically knows Colin if you've watched the movie. And uh, even if you watch the movie, it's his younger brother that none of us know if you haven't read the books. I think his brother's uh, name is Dennis. Dennis Creevy. Pretty sure that sounds right. Yeah. And that, but, like, nobody knows who Dennis is, and it's kind of sad. Because, you know, he's... A very brave kid. Because like, like Jenny mentioned, he came back and fought the battle of at the Battle of Hogwarts, knowing very well that he probably was not old enough. Well, he wasn't old enough technically. He had been told he was not old enough, but like knowing full well that he probably didn't have the knowledge he needed to survive that battle he didn't care he was going to fight it he was not going to sit around and do nothing and uh, and it's just it's amazing yes yes it is and then our next character is olivander he's not a whole lot in the books to begin with but he's still his scenes, I feel like, are very cut short in the movies. And so you don't really get to know him as well as you do in the book. And uh, he, like, when Harry goes to pick out his wand, obviously it makes sense the way they did it in the movie. You don't have, like, a whole hour that you can dedicate to Harry finding his wand because pretty sure so that's raise how your long hand if you taken. would watch that because I would have watched that I would too but um I understand why they did it the way they did it but technically in the book Ollivander literally hands Harry every single wand in the shop and it doesn't work right like he blows stuff up he sets things on fire like Ollivander is at his wits end and then like he and also another thing that you don't know is the first two wands that he technically hands Harry were um similar in connection to what his parents had gotten 
at that because sometimes that's the case. Sometimes a wand is very similar to what a parent had. And, uh, and so first two wands were very similar to what his parents had. And then and then it was at the very end, he was like, wait, why didn't I think of giving this wand to him in the first place? And uh, as he brings out the wand that ends up being Harry's wand and stuff. And it's just like he and he was like, you know, the Phoenix only gave one other feather and it was to Voldemort. And, you know, it's in that that would be the wand that uh, you end up taking home with you because your brothers, like, your wands are brothers, basically. And so, as Can well as... Comment? Yes. Can you just imagine this argument that all our banders having, though? Like, he's going through all these wands, and I'm sure he's arguing in his head, like, the Phoenix one. Nope, nope, nope. Voldemort tried to kill him. Like, why would that be it? But the Phoenix... Nope, 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 nope. Okay, well, I'm, like, running out of options here. We might as well try the Phoenix one. And then he was probably like, crap. Why did that have to be the wand? (laughs) Exactly. Like... But, and then he was captured and tortured by Voldemort. And uh, yet still he lived. And uh, and in the movies, we don't see the amount of torture he went through. And uh, But he was tortured on a regular basis because Voldemort was trying to, one, figure out why the heck... He couldn't kill Harry with his own wand. And that. As well as. He was wanting to try to find. The elder wand. And that, and understand all the. Uh, um, like. Folklore. Behind the elder wand. And what. Like how he would. What he would have to do. To be able to control the elder wand. And stuff like that. And. You don't really see a whole lot of that process in the actual movie. But Ollivander tried telling him anything. But And even though he did tell him some stuff, he didn't tell him everything. And, uh, and so it's kind of it's interesting how the movie portrayed him versus how the book portrays him. In the movies, he's kind of just creepy, guys. I mean, I can't be alone in thinking that. But he's really not... Well, okay, he is a little creepy, guys. <laughs> but he's also really brave. Yeah. I think that, you know, the movies did a pretty good job of how they portrayed him. I just feel like they could have... His scenes were cut a little short. Yeah, and uh, and he wasn't given the screen time necessarily that he should have been. Okay, apparently I'm talking about all of the queen's chef's kiss right there because Tonks, Nympha Dora Tonks. Don't call her Nymphadora. <laughs> 
I just don't feel like we get to know Nymphadora, uh, Nymphadora Tonks. Sorry, Tonks. We don't get to know her at all in the movies. Like, she's there. She can change her hair. She can change her nose. We don't really find out why in the movies. And then suddenly she's married to Remus. Do we even really find out that she's married to Remus? Like, we do a little bit. But then at the same time, they kind of, like, brush over it. And they also brush over the fact that they have a kid together. Like, and that Lupin is, like, super terrified to have a kid because he's a werewolf. And what if the kid becomes a werewolf? And he, like, leaves Tonks for a little bit because he's, like, freaking out. And Harry, like, makes him go back. And then he's a great dad until, you know, they both die. Um, and then Harry becomes Teddy, their kid's godfather and it's great um well it's not because they die but tonks guys like there's almost no words because she's like again comedic relief but she's also an auror auror i don't know why i'm having problems with r's and o sounds tonight i'm really sorry um but She's an auror, and, like, so you, you have Moody, who's, like, this very strict auror, and then you have, like, Tonks, who's not. And <laughs> it's hilarious to see them together. Um, sorry, my mind just went somewhere else on another TikTok thing that I watched, but we're not going to go that direction. We're going to come back here. Um, anyways, so, like, um, so she's she's an auror, and... Um, she just, she goes through a lot. Like, you know, she was related to Sirius Black because she is um, pure blood as well. And I think they're even like first or second cousins or something like that. But she's related to Sirius and then Sirius dies. And then she's like going through like a lot of changes and stuff because, oh wait, she's falling in love with a werewolf. And, like, she goes through so many changes, guys, that her Patronus changes. And your Patronus doesn't just change unless, like, you change. And so she changed so much so that her Patronus, who knows what it was before, but now it's a werewolf because she's freaking in love with a werewolf. And she doesn't care. Like, when Bill gets attacked... Which I feel like Bill and Fleur should be on this list. But maybe we'll just talk about the Weasley family sometime. But anyways, when Bill gets attacked and Fleur's like, I don't care that he could be like a werewolf. I'm still going to love him. Tonks is like, see? Do you see how stupid you are? I love you too. And I don't give a care. And Remus is like, well, you're crazy. And she's like, but you love me too. And then they get married. And it's great. And then they have a kid together. And they're both so happy and the reason why jk rowling she had a reason why she killed off everybody but the reason why she killed off them remus and tonks together is to show that in war kids are made orphans i mean we already see that through harry but the fact that like this baby this like brand new baby lost both of his parents as Rima said, fighting for what they believe in, it's just very deep, guys. And I I love all these characters, let's be honest. I've said that for every single character. 
and I've been feeling things tonight, so I hope you're fine with me going off because Tonks and and Ginny and Luna and Neville, like I just sometimes I can't express in words. Another character that kind of goes along with Tonks that we don't actually ever get to meet in the movies is her mother. And uh, and I feel like meeting her mother helps you fall in love with Tonks even more. Is when Harry meets her mother he so in the books when Harry is taken from Privet Drive in the seventh um, book they don't all go straight to the Weasley's house they all were going to a safe house and then using port key to transfer to transport to the Weasley's house and uh, and Harry and Hagrid actually went to Tonks's parents' house, which is where he meets her mom. And at first, he like raises his wand and is about ready to attack this woman because she looks exactly like Bellatrix Lestrange. And it turns out it is because Bellatrix. Trix Lestrange is her sister. Like that right, right there is like whoa and you know that she, uh, Tonks and Sirius are related and then you know that um, Tonks and Bellatrix and Sirius and Bellatrix are all related and it's just it's amazing to see how different even in families people can be because you've got Bellatrix one of the most evil witches out there and then you have sweet Tonks who is her niece and uh, and you would never in a million years guess that that's the case because they're nothing like each other you also find out that Tonks's mother married a muggle, which yes. pretty much got her exiled from the family. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's all great. These characters are all amazing characters. And as Jenny pointed out, we obviously missed a few because... Bill and Fleur and Charlie should probably have all been on this list, and they weren't. And uh, so, I also feel like we need to talk more about Remus because, yes, he's in the movies, but there is so much more to Remus Lupin that we need to like crack that open. This is true. I feel like at some time we just need to talk about the Marauders, though, in general. Oh my gosh, guys, don't get me started. 
<laughs> I've written a fan fiction about the Marauders. That's You've all you written need to know. Multiple fan fiction. True. I've written a really long one and then a lot of like short ones. short stories. Yeah. But and so you know, some point in time we'll either do another underdog episode or we'll do like Jenny suggested um, a Weasley episode where we talk about all the Weasleys and that because technically Fleur becomes a Weasley so she would fit in that category so does Harry um, well I mean he doesn't become a Weasley but he marries into the family so. yes um, and then also we will probably do an episode on the Marauders at, uh, at which point in time we'll talk about Lupin. So I don't know if we'll necessarily our underdog one or just kind of incorporate some of the reasons why the characters we just named are underdogs. But if Let you know what you other, think. Yeah. If you have other people that you think should have been on this list, let us know. And that'll kind of guide us towards whether we'll make another underdog episode or just do the two episodes we've just talked about and now quick heads up next week episode will be the second part of our once upon a time we decided i just finished watching all the way up to season six i'm gonna force myself to watch season season seven just for you guys so feel very special guys because neither one of us likes that season um, I'm just there for the happy ending at the end. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so next week will be part two of that. We decided to kind of take a break from it so we didn't overload you with Once Upon a Time craziness. Because uh, we could. Uh, oh, yeah. And then we will be going from there. We'll keep you guys updated on our Instagram page as far as what other episodes we'll be doing. We have talked to multiple people about guest starring on our podcasts. So we'll probably start doing podcasts with guest stars. So if you have suggestions that we could give them for pen names, let us know. And have a magical wonderful week have a magical week guys peace we out